Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Thursday, October 29th. We begin with a look at Canadians' views on celebrating holidays during the pandemic. We speak with Daryl Bricker, Ipsos CEO, on a new poll on how our plans have changed for both Halloween and Christmas. Next, we speak with an Alberta-based dermatologist about psoriasis. We look at the challenges faced by one million Canadians who live with the immune system disorder on World Psoriasis Day. Then we get some encouraging news about the outlook of hard-hit businesses during the pandemic. We get details on a new survey from Microsoft Canada that points to optimism when it comes to sustainability into 2021. And finally, she's the star of a new sci-fi film called Parallel Minds. We catch up with Calgary Cree actress Michelle Thrush. Well, like much about 2020, this Halloween is going to look very different and not really in a good way. Ipsos polling done exclusively for Global News shows only 19% of Canadians say they're going to hand out Halloween candy this year. With details on the poll, we're joined this morning by Ipsos CEO Daryl Bricker. Good morning, Daryl. Good morning, Sue. Wow, looks like we've got a lot of Halloween Grinches out there this year, doesn't it? Yeah, in fact, that's what we described it as in the release, which was uh, the Grinch is stealing more than just Christmas presents this year. Okay, so break down some of the numbers for us. 19% saying they will hand out candy only. So what else did you find out? Uh, Interestingly, when you look at the regions, uh, that people are twice as likely to be doing it in a place like uh, uh, Alberta, also in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So what's really dragging down the numbers are Ontario and especially Quebec. And uh, of course, that's where uh, we're experiencing the, the highest number of uh, of COVID uh, COVID positive tests and in cases. So it's not not surprising. But you know, this is pretty reflective of what we've been seeing in terms of public opinion. Uh, people are really uh, spooked by uh, uh, mm-hmm. no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Spooked by uh, actually that is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Uh, uh, spooked by what's happening out there and are really um, trying to control the potential for exposure. Okay, we, we talked about the one side of the door handing out the candy at 19%. What about the parents that will be taking their kids trick-or-treating? Do we have numbers on that? Uh, we didn't ask that, but we've asked different types of things, for example, taking your kids to sports and that sort of thing, and people are very reluctant to do that as well. Again, very regional differences, higher in places like uh, like Alberta and certainly lower in places like Quebec. But even when I say higher in Alberta, yes, it's a, it's a magnitude higher, but we're not talking a majority of people behaving in a different way. It's still probably a very restricted group of people who are prepared to take chances. And one of the things that we do notice in the uh, in, in the polling is it's people who tend to live in rural and small town areas that maybe uh, know their neighbors better, know the situation better, and uh, and, and also um, you know there's more open space and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's people in cities who are the, really the most most uh, spooked about this. Uh, very much so. Okay, so that's for Halloween, and you know you looked at Christmas and holiday gatherings as well so as we move forward out of halloween and into the the christmas season what did you find about what people are planning for for those celebrations you know they treat almost all of them the same mm. so whether it's halloween christmas or birthdays we asked about that too really um uh, yeah and people are saying no we're going to be doing things differently this year pretty much similar numbers to what we uh we saw with uh, Halloween, so you know, on birthdays, for example, it's only 16% saying that they're going to uh, celebrate them in the in the way that they have in the past, and on on Christmas, only 17% say that they're going to celebrate Christmas as they they have in the past. So yeah, people, it's it's consistent. It's across the board. It's any opportunity to gather uh, with m- members of uh, your, your extended family or you know, with your friends. 
Christmas season generally involves traveling, whether that's within the city or a short drive or maybe even a flight. Do we have any information as far as uh, the Canadians who plan to get together with family outside of their own homes? Oh, we're staying home. I mean, uh, only 5% say that they're likely to travel outside of the province, and only 3% say that they're likely to take uh, take a flight. And by the way, very, very consistent with what we've been seeing over any type of behavior, whether we ask people if they're going to go on a vacation or whether they're going to be visiting or whether they're going to go to, you know, maybe stay, you know, stay in another place or whatever. But no, we're staying home. And I'm sorry, did you say that that's right across the board in terms of the entire country? Did you find any difference from province to province as to whether we're feeling safe? Same patterns again. Okay. Ontario and Quebec lower than everybody else, and people on the coasts and Alberta and Manitoba, Saskatchewan, all uh, a little bit uh, more likely to do things. But certain, we're not certainly uh, talking about you know the, as I said before, the majority of people having a completely different opinion than what people in Ontario and Quebec think. What about putting gifts under the tree, Daryl? When it comes to heading out to the mall or online shopping, I think I know the answer to this one. But uh, what about the numbers as far as those people that will be mall goers? Uh, mall going, uh, we're slightly more likely to do that. And the reason is because we understand what the experience is going to be. Uh, and we feel that we can control our, our, our physical space. I mean, this is this is one of the issues with Halloween, uh, um, which is that I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what the experience is going to be like, and I don't know what I can control, and I don't know what I'm going to be exposed to. So that's the reluctance there. On malls, people have had a bit more experience doing that kind of thing, uh, so they're more likely to do that. But overwhelmingly, when you ask people what their preference is for today, it's, it's online shopping. Here's an interesting one, Daryl, in terms of uh, religious gatherings. And I know here in Alberta, they lowered the limit on you know what we're allowed to do in terms of numbers gathering at certain events, but they didn't lower the number for religious gatherings. So people are still allowed to do that, yet most are not really wanting to. No, only about 9% say that they're going to be going to church in the, in, in the usual way. Now, granted, church attendance is way down in, can, in Canadian society anyway. Uh, but uh, even among those who are more likely to go to church, uh, very reluctant to do, you know, any, anything that involves an indoor space in which you can't control your experience, uh, you're really reluctant to do it, which is one of the reasons that even when uh, restrictions are eased up uh, and businesses reopen or, you know, the... Uh, the transit way is open or, uh, you know, buses are available or the train in, in, in downtown Calgary, people are really reluctant to do it. Um, they, they just, until they get a real feeling based on other people's experience that it's safe, uh, they, they're not prepared to, to, to take the risk themselves. Uh, so it's not a really a supply issue that we're deal, dealing with here. And it's not even a demand issue. People want to do all these things. It's that barrier of risk. How do I get past that? And uh, that's what governments and businesses are, are going to be dealing with, it, even as we get back into something that looks more like normal life. Daryl, let's give uh, the parameters of, of this survey. How many people and, and uh, what time frame was this uh, data collected? Uh, we collected it over uh, the, the last two weeks, and uh, it was about 1,000 people we interviewed nationwide. So uh, the, the margin of error on something like that, if we had a margin of error since an online poll, be about plus or minus 3.5%. But uh, it's same thing that we would do for a political survey, so it's uh, it's pretty accurate. Well, appreciate your time this morning, Daryl. And uh, as much as you know, the numbers probably make all of us sad, I'm impressed that folks are continuing to follow the rules to try and stay safe. So thank you for joining us with The Breakdown. 7.50 on the morning news. Today is World Psoriasis Day, an immune disorder that affects 1 million Canadians. To discuss treatments, we're joined by Edmonton dermatologist Dr. Jaggi Rao. Good morning to you, doctor. 
Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Hopefully you can clear up some confusion uh, for sure. us here. There seems to be confusion when we talk about dry skin, uh, dry skin, eczema, and psoriasis. So can you explain the difference in what psoriasis actually is? Yeah, psoriasis is a, a very specific disorder that is characterized by red, scaly, well-demarcated, and, and very thick plaques. And it's uh, a little bit more uh, involved than, than just uh, eczema. Not, not to put down eczema at all. That can be quite debilitating. But psoriasis is uh, te- theoretically a, a lifelong condition that uh, would happen, you know, sometimes even regardless of surrounding dryness. And it's a little bit more debilitating, in my opinion, for most people compared to just uh, eczema. So, Dr. Rao, an immune system disorder, so is there anything that we can do about it if, if someone has psoriasis? Yeah, actually, so there's lots of things we can do. So, so now that we understand it a little bit more, we know that the immune system isn't deficient. In fact, it's actually working quite well, but it is uh, targeting the skin for some reason. It's causing these plaques to occur. And we actually have delineated on a microscopic level exactly why that happens um, because of a number of different triggers and genetic predisposition and so forth. And so there's different types of medications that can work directly on the skin, both topically, but also from inside the skin. And now we have different immune modulating agents that work extremely well. This is the best time to have psoriasis. So lots of hope for people. And psoriasis, besides the discomfort, you know, of living with this for, for long term, it can also have an impact in an individual's life, can it? Oh, big time. You know, it, in fact, if you look at all the conditions uh, across the board uh, dermatologically, psoriasis ranks amongst the top psychosocially debilitating conditions. It affects all aspects of their life, you know, the relationships with other people and their self-esteem. And uh, sometimes it can really be quite painful and, and tender, too. Doctor, in Alberta, do we need to see our family physician before we're able to go to a dermatologist, say, and maybe get somebody to look at what we maybe think is psoriasis? Yes, that's a really good idea. So I would start with your family physician if you think that you have psoriasis, and and he might be able to clarify that. And if not, he would send you to a dermatologist for two reasons. One is further clarification, identification, and the second is treatment. Some of the more advanced treatments that are now available if you have really bad psoriasis can only be achieved if you've seen a dermatologist. So it's very important to go through your family doctor first. Thanks for your time this morning, Dr. Rao. My privilege. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Jaggi Rao, Edmonton Dermatologist. 8.42 on the morning news. The pandemic lockdowns and temporary closures of businesses across the country were difficult for so many, but now there's some optimistic news coming out of a new survey from Microsoft Canada. Joining us to break down the numbers is Kevin Piesker, the president of Microsoft Canada. Good morning to you, Kevin. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking the time. The results from this survey show 69% of Canadian business owners are confident their company will survive the pandemic into the new year. I, I find this surprising. What a, what a great number, uh, but it seems a lot higher than predictions we've heard elsewhere over the past several months. Yeah, Andrew, I, the, the survey was really positive about the resilience of Canadians, which is fantastic. There is harsh reality in the survey as well. Uh, clearly, the pandemic has been painful, no doubt about it, for so many Canadians. And within the survey, we determined that 61% of businesses do say they're worse off. About 3 in 10 companies say they've lost business or have had to cut staff. And most say that they've had to change the way they do business to serve customers, about 56%. So, but despite all that, the majority say the pandemic has been a catalyst their company needed to adopt new technology. 
And because of that, uh, I think the resilience of Canadians bring us to that figure of 69% who say they will survive the pandemic. Kevin, I think the word you just used, that, that resilience, I think that's key. You know, it has caused so many to, to pivot and find other ways to, to get around yeah. the, the, these difficulties and, and that bringing in new technology maybe expands them for or extends their life for, for many more years to come. Absolutely, Sue. I mean, one way of viewing it is I think we're immersed in a bit of a Darwinian moment. Those who are adapting are uh, who are adapting are the ones who are not simply surviving, but they're thriving. Mm-hmm. And those who are not adapting are having great difficulty in managing how to respond to this change market environment. I think there was a cool quote from Marcel Proust that I read a number of years ago. Happiness is beneficial for the body. Grief develops the powers of the mind. It really is in these moments where we are all most challenged that innovation is rewarded. Wow, incredible. And within that innovation, the talent and the workforce has to be on board when it comes to this new digital world and skills. And you're seeing a lot of people adapt, but but maybe not as much as you might think. Uh, you're so right, Andrew. And I think you know the, the stats are really quite telling here. But uh, going back to your first comment, well, 60%, uh, 69% are really feeling quite positive. For the other three of 10 businesses that are not feeling confident about the year ahead, it's really, it's not too late. We've seen an unprecedented level of digital transformation in the last few months. In many cases, we've seen businesses build in days or weeks what would have previously taken months or years. But at the foundation of it is that concept, Andrew, that you're mentioning, which is around skilling. And what we're seeing in, from the survey is four in 10 companies have changed their employee training or specifically are training their staff in new tools and platforms that are required. We think that number needs to be much higher. And as a company, we partnered with Npower as an example to provide digital skills to 315,000 Canadians over the last few months. These are skills in artificial intelligence, in utilizing cloud-based technologies, et cetera. So I think there's a lot that needs to be done across the country for us to adapt. Kevin, can you give us a couple more key stats that you found in terms of doing this survey and things that might surprise, may have surprised you and might surprise our listeners? Well, one of them, which I think applies to every Canadian business owner, uh, whether they're a small business or a very large business, and that's effectively the group we surveyed coast to coast, is around security. And a disappointing stat from our perspective, because we're so hypersensitive and aware of what is actually going on, is that only one in four business decision makers, 26%, say that their company has already identified and applied new security solutions for online processes. So as we think about this, we're all moving online. Millions of Canadians work and study remotely. We're using digital tools to stay connected with our family, friends, and colleagues. At the same time, the Canadian Centre for Cybersecurity is clearly calling out a six times increase in activity of bad actors who are trying to take advantage of this new distributed workforce and the way in which we're working virtually. So I think we have to be super sensitive from a security perspective about really evaluating what's going on within each organization. Kevin, thanks so much for your insight and your time this morning. Fantastic. That is Kevin. Really appreciate it, Sue and Andrew. Appreciate your time. Yes, Kevin Piesker.
president of Microsoft Canada. 909 now, and a pleasure to chat this morning with Michelle Thrush, who is a Calgary Cree actress who is part of the brand new Indigenous film called Parallel Minds. And Michelle, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this because I've been looking at the uh, the trailers and the information and Parallel Minds. It looks like a super cool movie shot mostly out here in Western Canada. So it's making me rethink my wearing of contact lenses. So can you give us a bit of a breakdown <laughs> about the movie? Um, yeah, Parallel Minds, written and directed by Benjamin Hayden Ross. Uh, it's a it's a sci-fi film, which I thought was really interesting, and it's about uh, this contact lens that that was that I my character created, and you wear it, and it brings you back into memories. It's it's quite an interesting concept. You mentioned the sci-fi aspect. Is that something that you search out for a certain genre, or do you just go by the story and the script? What what appeals to you? Yeah, I, I don't search out anything. <laughs> I, just, I, I read the script. If it's interesting to me, I move forward. But I'd already worked with Ben on another film. He's a local Calgary filmmaker, so that was the biggest reason why I said yes to this film. And it's uh, sci-fi is something that's not really seen a lot with Indigenous people. So it's a new genre that I was really excited to be a part of. You mentioned Ben. Talk about uh, him and, and, and some of the other people who are involved in, in the making of this film, particularly since it was you know shot for the most part in our backyard. Yeah, it was definitely shot here. It was, uh, it was quite interesting because they had um, a set studio set set up in a warehouse here in Calgary to create this whole lab feel and that to me was really cool to walk into that lab and see all the bubbles you know going up on the the various glass bottles it was it was really interesting but Ben's a, a young filmmaker he is originally from this area he's Métis and he's got a great energy about him that is going to take him to a lot of places I think. And talk about breaking out. I mean, we're used to seeing uh, different types of films like Legends of the Fall, maybe Brokeback Mountain, where the backdrop in, in Western Canada, particularly here in our province, is uh, you know part of the story or the star. But a sci-fi um, offering, that's got to be a big deal you know, for you know, our nation to have sci-fi films being shot here. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new area. I think that's something that's super interesting, especially as we're going through these times of COVID. Indigenous lead, indigenous director. How is important? How important is it, Michelle, that we see these kinds of movies front and center and realize all the great talent that that is out there in our province, but right really across the country. Yeah, this is something that I've been watching. I I began in this business. I did my first film at 17 in Edmonton, and it's been a long haul of watching as Indigenous voices get louder. I remember back when we were doing North of 60 here, that was a huge Mm -hmm. opening of a door. And now we're, you know, we've got directors and producers and and lots of lead characters that are beginning to tell them to, to explain the narrative of what it means to be Indigenous. And one of the things that I loved about Parallel Minds is my character who happens to be Indigenous doesn't talk about that at all. Mm-hmm. It's something that I thought was very well laid out, that she is just a human being who happens to be Indigenous. And there was nothing that uh, that led the audience to believe, you know, she wasn't a shaman, she wasn't all these other stereotypes that we're so used to seeing with Indigenous people. So that's what really drew me to that character. You mentioned your early start with your first major project at 17. So is this something that as a little girl, this was the dream and it's come to realization? Or or did uh, things change for you and you found yourself doing this? Actually, 
I didn't. I never had a dream of growing up and becoming an actor. I remember back when I was growing up here in Calgary. I, you know, unfortunately had two parents that were very damaged, alcoholics. I wanted to be a social worker. I wanted to do something that was going to create a difference for Indigenous children. And as a kid, I didn't understand that trauma that, you know, our, the adults were going through. But now with Truth and Reconciliation and all the history that we're learning about, you know, what happened here in Canada, it makes sense to me. And it wasn't until I met Gordon Tatusis, uh, I was probably, I'd already done my first film, and I met him here in Calgary, and he was the one that was like, you need to go forward with this. You need to do what, what your what your soul is really you into so that's why I got into acting but I didn't think it was an option it just wasn't something that I thought indigenous people could do and back when I did uh, move to Vancouver and it was 1989 and I got my first agent and all that it was still there were not a lot of roles out there and it was a real struggle it wasn't until you know the early 90s when North of 60 and all those films, Dances with Wolves, came out that I started to go, wow, this is something that, you know, we are a part of. And I've watched it grow since then, and it's been an exciting journey. So I can only see even better things coming up for Indigenous people. And Michelle, you're an award winner already, and I would say you are certainly creating a difference for Indigenous young people through acting because they see others like them on the big screen and realize, hey, I could have a starring role too. (laughs) Yeah. I sure hope so. I mean, that's what my life is devoted to, is using the arts to heal and to inspire young people. That's exactly why I do what I do. Michelle, you don't have uh, longevity like you've uh, seen in the industry unless you, um, you know, don't mind grinding it out. So I'm wondering, for those young people listening right now, uh, talk about the glamour of the industry (laughs) or or lack thereof. Um, I work a lot with youth, and something I always say is that you don't need to have a certain look. You know, it's not about how you look. It's about that uniqueness that you can bring to that role, because there's nobody out there like you. And uh, there's not a lot of glamour involved. (laughs) It's, you know, getting up early in the morning and being on set all day. And it's, it's actually, it's not as easy as you think it could be, but it's something that For me, it really just allows me to express that part of me that I want to tell our stories from a place of truth and honesty and realness. And that, to me, is what acting is about. It allows us to tell our own stories because if we don't tell them, somebody else will. And that's just the way I've always thought about acting is it's it's that need to be able to bring life to that that, uh, character or that story. Well, Parallel Minds is getting a lot of talk already. It's a uh, part of film festivals across the country. And as of this weekend, we'll be able to see it here in Calgary, correct? Yeah, I believe it's opening all across the country. Fantastic. So Good stuff. Thank you so much for sharing it with us and uh, your story. And uh, we'll be uh, checking it out in the theaters. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. That is a Calgary Cree actress, Michelle Thrush, and a new star, a star of the new film, uh, Parallel Minds.